We're so glad you decided to join us today. We would love to hear your story and what God is doing in and through your life. Please go ahead and send us an email at mygwcstory at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to give financially to this ministry, you can do so by downloading our Get Wrapped TV app and selecting the best giving option that works for you. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the message. Today we're going to talk about uh, some of the lies when it comes to addiction. And I know the first thing you think about when we talk about addiction, um, you think about drugs and alcohol. Ooh, y'all about to get it different. <laughs> it's not the truth. You know, the, the truth is, is that when we talk about strongholds, they're wrong thought patterns or patterns that we've thought don't, don't be conformed to the thought patterns of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody understand that? Good. That's why with this year we're trying to show you what some of the lies are and then giving you some truth so that you personally can make a decision if 2019 is going to be a great year for you. Are you with me? Awesome. And so we, uh, the scripture we've been using is 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Uh, I, I enjoy it. You know, I think it's pretty fun. And so it says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage war, wage a military campaign, employing human weapons, right? I love that because when you think military, you think war, but you think they're trying to give you the, the example that it's not with a machine gun or punching somebody. You can't hit the devil. If you could, we'd, we'd, we, you know, you could hit him, but not with your physical. It's a spiritual thing. And so it says, using manipulation to achieve our aims, instead... Our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. Everybody say divine power. Divine. Come on. You have to understand that because the only thing that's going to whoop that situation is God's divine power. You can't do it in your own strength. You with me? I'm not up here in my own strength. I'm up here with, the, with God's divine healing power. Are you with me? Okay, awesome. And then it says to effectively dismantle, right? I was watching a movie yesterday. I think I was falling asleep and watching it at the same time, but, you know, it was kind of one of those things. And, uh, and uh, I think it was the Equalizer 2 with Denzel Washington, right? And I saw how the person came with a gun, and he would just dismantle him, blah, 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 and grab the gun off of him, right? And I started thinking, I said, man, isn't it cool that with God's divine power, we could take the, the weapons that are trying to be used against us and dismantle them? And I don't know about you, but that looked real cool. I could do that in the spirit realm all day long. And so it made me feel like I was part of the movie, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I could do that too. And it says, with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. That's just good. Because pe people who are operating out of the lie sometimes think they're operating out of truth. That's why our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities. You understand? So they're hiding behind the lie. Because of their insecurity or their pride or their anger. There's a lie they're hiding behind. There's a lie that they're believing. That's why they're controlled and stronghold, strong held by their thought patterns. And then it says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy. Right? Because every, every imagination that you put in your mind, right? Sometimes, you know how it is. You start thinking something about somebody, but they don't even know that you're thinking that. They're good with you, but you think, oh, my God, I saw him, and look, now she's talking to him. And, and you start tripping out, and you go in this whole realm of stuff that ain't even happening. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It happens a lot in church. 
right? You start picking your little sides. Well, you can't believe her and what she... And before you know it, you're thinking 50 things, but it ain't even real. Oh, I love it in the Christian realm, right? Because most people talk out of a place they don't know. They make videos of great men, they, they, men of God, women of God, all that. And, you know, here lately, I just, you know, I saw they made like an eight-part. I thought this guy has so much talent. Whoever made the videos, if you're out there, you have so much talent. You're just using it for stupid stuff. But ultimately, they made like an eight-part video of all this stuff, picking little things. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't even know the person. Because we live our lives based upon fantasy anyway, right? That, based on Facebook, Instagram. I know you say you don't, but you do. The first time you see a little media thing, you click on it. You don't even check if it's a real media source. You start talking, you jump on the bandwagon, you beat up Lauren Daigle, but you know nothing about her. Anyway, <laughs> you barely tied now, but what you would do with a million dollars? I mean, come on. Huh? If I had that platform, I would, whatever, you barely evangelize now. You don't ever talk to your family about Jesus. You don't ever go out there. You wait for an outreach or something to happen. So don't tell me what you would do with that platform. With that platform, you'd be on vacation. You don't know what you would do. You with me? Some of you got a million dollars, you overeat. Because if you could go out to eat all the time, forget about it. Ooh, it got quiet up in here. Some of y'all wouldn't be in church. You don't serve now with a million dollars. Forget about it. You'd be on vacation in Tahiti. We didn't want to see you. We'd be like, where you at? <laughs> but it's amazing because we, we let these imaginations uh, dictate our thought life, and yet we start to put judgment based on the blip. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, and I, I think I shared it with a prayer on, on Saturday morning, you know, because everybody needs help, but not everybody wants to come to prayer. You know, we only did it three Saturdays instead of the whole 21, right? Just commit for three Saturdays. We're about to commit for the last seven days. I wish prayer would look like this for the last seven days. I mean, what's, what's seven days? You still got the rest of the year. Oh, but when something goes wrong, Lord, I would hate to be in a relationship where you only whip me just for what I got. Ooh, let me come back. Let me come back. Well, I had to start. I had to start because what we do is that there, there's a situation. Let's say somebody messes up and, and, and there's a blip of their life that it might be off, but you don't really know them for these couple of years. You don't know them for the last eight years and they've been faithful, good to God, just to incredible people. But yet they have an off season and yet you judge them based upon the blip. We do the same thing with God. We, we, we judge God based upon the blips of life. Because you're going through something, then God, God never changes. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You're the one that changes. We got that movie Split or whatever, with the split personalities. We're always changing on God, but God never changes. He stays the same. Amen. Glory to God, I missed where I was at. Okay, let me come back. I went on a rant. That opposes God, look, it breaks the fantasies that oppose God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. I love that. Because when we talk about being a person who worships, it's always a heart that bows down. See, the enemy is always trying to get you to bow down to something else that is not God. And if he can get your heart to bow down to it, 
then you'll walk that out. You know, and so I, I, I love this sermon series because we're exposing a lie. And I believe, I believe that many people are living a lie. In other words, you're living by something that is not true. You're living by something that is not true. Let's look at the lies of addiction. Well, other words for addictions would be like bad habits, craving, weakness, enslavement. I mean, we all go through it. Mm. The addiction, the definition of addiction is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. Now think about that because I know when I say, hey, we're going to, the addiction lies. Well, I don't need that. No, 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 no. We all do. Amen. Even pa Pastor Juan. Yeah, absolutely. So right now I was thinking because I was telling Pastor Vinny, I go, man, I'm going to have to get off. Uh, you know, I have people doing my social media. Sometimes I got to get off it for a little bit. Because the truth is, if, if it takes too much of my time, then I don't need that. I don't know if y'all use the activity thing on iPhone plug. But that activity thing, man, when it shows me like you were on four hours in a day, I'm like, what? Now, of course, there's a lot of ministry work that I'm doing on the phone. But I'm looking at what I'm spending too much time on. Because some of our addicted, some of us are addicted to things that since we, we don't do drugs anymore. But if you need it and you can't stop doing it and it consumes your life, you might be addicted to it. Oh, henceforth, I know ministry people, I know that we don't think that ministry can become an addiction. But watch out, you might be addicted to ministry in the name of Jesus. How do you know you're addicted to ministry? Well, if ministry is affecting other areas of your life, in other words, like you have a great husband or wife, but you don't spend time with them, addicted. If you don't spend time with your kids, addicted. Uh, what? Addicted. Because you can't stop doing that. Like, I love the Lord, but I better take care of my... What good is it if I know the whole entire Bible, but yet I'm not applying that with my wife? I'm saving the world, but my wife is lost. She's like, look, I ain't seen you in like, I should have just stood single then. Y'all wouldn't want to talk about that ministry, folks. I just figured I'd throw that ministry thing in there because I know there's a lot of people suffering. In the name of Jesus. Come on, some of you are on Facebook, some of you are addicted to food. Oh, we don't want to talk about that, right? Oh, poor brother. You know, I... I hate that he, he gets high and, and, or he drinks too much or he, you know, what about you? You, you can't stop eating. I mean, it's funny until he winds up in the hospital. Now you want to go pray for the brother or sister. I know the men are like, yo, can you throw them in there too? I mean, it's things that are, listen, if it's killing you, you might be addicted to it. If it's killing you and you can't stop, you might be addicted. Amen. And say, Pastor Juan, I got a doctorate on that. Are you with me? Come on. Okay. Romans 7, 21 through 24. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. I know I didn't give you guys that translation, but I, I was reading it back there, and I like it. It says, through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, everybody experiences this. Yeah, 
When I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly deep within my true identity. Because he, he understands that his true identity is in Christ. But within his true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity. Waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience. Right? So all of this is happening in his mind. He's like, I know what I really want to do, but I wind up doing something different. Anybody ever there? I know the, the working out thing whoops me sometimes. Are you with me? I know I need to do it. I mean, come on. We, we got to talk about this in every facet. Like, like, I know I need to do it, and it tells me. And the Lord's like, you really need to do that. You're getting older. You need to. And then I'm like, I don't want to. And so I don't go. Doesn't mean that it's not right. Now, look at this. My moral principle, my conscience, and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of what I can and cannot do. Right? The law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So he's, he's upset. You know, he's like, man, I, 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 do, what I, I do what I don't want to do. You know, he's, I know that every person in this room should know this feeling. And look what he says. So who has the power to rescue the miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for, the, for his mighty power has finally provided a way out. So there is a way out. You just got to listen to the voice that you know is the Lord. And then he says, way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. See, when, when, when you're struggling with any kind of addiction, it becomes part of my identity. It becomes part of who you are. Right? You start to believe the lie that this is what we do and this is who I am and and everybody else is wrong. I'm right. When I try to quit but fail, I start to feel increasingly hopeless. Anybody ever feel like that? Man, I failed again. That's, that's the addiction speaking to you. That's not God because God is every righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. But the addiction starts to go. There you go. You failed again. There you go. You done did it again. Any threat to my addiction becomes a threat to me. Ooh, I call that the taking the toy away. I, I know it. When I talk to grown men and I tell them, hey, this is, you know, you can't really do that. And they get all bent out of shape. I know I'm taking their toy. Come on, we all got that. There's a little toy that you got. And you don't want nobody to take it. And you believe that that's the right way, and no matter what anybody else, but somebody starts to talk on that toy, you feel like you're, it's threatening who you are. You start to get upset, right? Because you're watching the internet web late at night, huh? and somebody confronts you. Have you been watching? No, why? I just was asking if you were on the computer. Huh? Hey, maybe you have a drinking problem. No! Why are you getting bent out of shape? I just want to know if you're seeing somebody else. Ooh, Pastor Juan, you're getting all up in people's businesses. <laughs> Why? Why are you bent out of shape? I begin to lose my life. 
used to spend time with your family. Come on, you used to do certain things that, but, but now you don't. You start to lose your life. You start to isolate yourself. You become a loner. I don't need nobody. I could do this by myself. I don't got to go to church. I watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, that's cool sometimes. But he took you as his own people. And maybe you might not need them, which you do, but they need you. They, somebody in there needs to hear your story. You have talents and gifts that somebody else don't. So you are needed. Oh, I numb the pain by getting my next fix. That's what, that's what happens in addiction. When every time you, you go around that thing that you're addicted to, you get comfort. Some of us numb the pain. We don't want to really change my life. You want to change the circumstance. So you keep coming to church, not to change yourself, but to change the thing you're going through. You know you might be addicted to church. Oh, did I say? I said that. I mean, because you've been in church your whole life. Shouldn't something be transforming you and changing you? Yeah, because you're supposed to hear the word in that voice. You know that voice that tells you to do the opposite. Look at Romans 7, 24 and 25 in the message. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. It's the one I just read. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is Jesus Christ can and does. How do we overcome uh, addictions? Romans 8, 1, 2. I like it in the passion. I know I'm throwing off media all over the place. <laughs> so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Come on, he has to be the center, the source, the hub. He has to be the very center of your marriage, the very center of your relationships, the very center of your finances. Come on, he has to be the hub. Come on, we're going to start off hubs this year. What is that? The center focal point. We're going to put Jesus in, as the hub of your marriage. We're going to put Jesus as the hub of your finances. Come on. We're going to put Jesus in the hub of your single life. Come on. We're going to put Jesus. <coughs> Come on. He has to be the hub. What is that? The source. Come on. Exodus 21 and 3 says, God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Come on. Who brought you out of the thing that you were enslaved in. Come on. God is your Lord. Come on. He had to let them know that it is the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Come on. There should be no Facebook idol or no addiction idol. Nothing that comes on top of the Lord. Come on, he has to be the center focal point. 
Come on, if you're working more than you spend time, listen to me. I know you're going to be at your job. I'm going to know you're going to be. But if you're more focused on the very thing, I can't be more focused on ministry than I am in my time with the Lord. I just threw myself. You, you get what I'm saying? Like ultimately, you got to make sure you spend some time because he has to be the center focal point of everything. And that is the source Come on, that is where you get everything from. 1 Peter 3.15 says, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Why is that important? Let me tell you why that's important. Let me tell you what the word Lord means. It means someone or something having power or authority or influence over you. Amen. What does that mean? That means that when the Lord speaks, you listen. Amen. Some of you, uh, um, come on, Facebook is your Lord. You won't listen to what a pastor said or what somebody's preaching or what the word says. But you'll listen to what Facebook says. Some of you, your bartender is your Lord. Come on, whoever you listen to the most, that's your Lord. You understand? There was a story I read yesterday of two different children. One who the Lord asked for him to do something. And he, he didn't want to do it. He's like, I don't want to do it, but he did it. And then another one that said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And he didn't do it. He said, which one was the obedient son? The one who did it. You might have kicked and screamed a little bit, but he did it. There's a lot of people in church like the second son who say, yes, Lord, but yet don't apply nothing the time you leave. Come on, this got to be the year of change. And it's not by your strength, it's by his strength. It's just being obedient. I think our parents were there just to show what obedience should be like. But we didn't listen there. And then we come to the Lord. Or some of us didn't have fathers. Or some of us didn't, you know, all of these messes that we have. But God is trying to tell you today that he's a loving father. Yeah. That you got to view him not as just somebody who is Lord over your life. But God gets the first pick. Come on, y'all get real excited about football. I hear all the guys, football, 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 football. You with me? We're going to do the tailgate party, and that's all awesome. But one thing I know about sports is that everybody's excited about who gets the first pick and who they pick. You should be just as excited when you hear the voice of the Lord saying, this is my pick for you. This is what I need you to do, regardless if it fits into your agenda. Come on, serving God, it's, not the, it's the end of your life, but it's an incredible life. Come on, every yes to a promise is a no to the flesh. Amen. What does that mean? That every time you say yes to something of God, your little baby part is going to kick on. In the book, I call it King Baby Syndrome. Everybody got a little, bi little bit of it somewhere. King Baby. You're like, oh, I don't want to, right? I got sick, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to, my baby. You know, to my wife. She has to take care of me. But ultimately, we have to understand something, that every yes to a promise is a no to the flesh. Amen. Come on, Romans 6, 12 through 14 says, Therefore, do not let sin in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer your parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God, for sin shall not be your master. Come on, what I don't feed dies. What I don't feed dies. You understand that? What you don't feed die. Listen, I don't want to go hang out in certain places that I hung out. I don't want to go do things. Why? Because it started dying. I, I, I stopped doing them. 
But it took some time in the beginning where I was kicking and screaming. I was like, man, God, you know my heart. I really want to do this. I just, you know, I'm sorry. But I still wouldn't go. Y'all heard the story one time when I got, me and Ruthie, we're, <coughs> we had just started our relationship. And I, say, I like to say these stories all the time because I like to let you know that I'm human just like y'all. You understand? And so we're, we're upset. And then we had just got married, right? It was the beginning. And so, you know, we still didn't lay some ground rules. So now we have some boundaries in our house. And so she had went over to Josh's room. And I was like, how dare her leave the Josh's room, you know? And so all of a sudden, you know, I had this thought. Like, you leave too. And so I'm like, bet. And so I wasn't going to leave. I was going to throw out the trash. But, I, you know, I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> and so she didn't come out. I was like, dang it. So I, I walk outside, and I see all the fellas on the corner, and they're all smoking marijuana. I'm thinking to myself, I'll just smoke. I had this random thought. <laughs> so I'm, I'm creeping with the garbage bag, and thinking, oh, Lord. And so, of course, they all look to the side, and in two seconds, I could have been in that group. I threw out the trash and I started jogging back. I know most of my stories is me running, right? So I started running. Why? Because I heard the voice of the Lord say, look, really? Really? Like that's what you're going to go do? And I already know what that gets me. Nothing. Played that tape, saw the movie, had the, went to the concert, got the hat, got the big finger. Don't work. It don't lead you nowhere. I know some of people are believing in lies. Listen, that you're thinking that not dating your wife, you should be dating your wife to the day you die. Amen. You date her or somebody, oh, I'll wait till February. <laughs> Come on, what you don't feed dies. What you don't feed dies. What you do not feed dies. You got to go all in with Jesus. I've never been a gambling man, but I know that when you, want to, when you want something and you want to go all in, you go all in. You put all the chips. When you're sure on something, are you sure on Jesus? Yeah. Come on, are you sure? Because some of you are acting like you ain't. Like, are you sure? Is he like, he, you know, one thing's for sure, he has never let me down. Amen. I mean, his promises always work. I'm the one that sometimes don't. You understand? But when I listen to what he says, it always works. It's guaranteed. Romans 12, 2, look what it says in the message. Fix your attention on God and you'll be changed. And we'll close with this. From the inside out. Come on, you'll be changed from where? Inside out. From where? Inside out. Why are, you, why are you not working on yourself then? Why are you always working on everything on the outside? Come on, you change jobs, relationships. I, I, I get it. I'm a firm believer that if it's been years and you're going through the same thing, something has to change in you. If you're still like, you know what, four years later with the same story, then something has to change. And most of the time it's you. Because everybody else is the one with the problem, right? Readily recognize what he wants from you. Come on, 
you got to recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it so not only recognizing what he's doing but then you want to respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you because what you feed always lives come on what you feed lives what you starve dies I smoke cigarettes 23 years of my life I ain't tripping I'm not right now like oh my god I just saw somebody smoke a cigarette I need to go smoke one because I starved it You know that Galatians talks to us about dying at the cross? That those that belong to Jesus have crucified their sinful desires and passions? What does that mean? That there's going to be a moment in life where you're going to want something and you have to crucify that. Come on, whatever you crucify, every yes to a promise is a no to the flesh. Is anything you crucify... The spirit lives. Anything you crucify, the spirit lives. Is it going to be tough? Yeah, for a little bit until you start starving it. And then it, it, it won't ask for anything. See, because in the spirit, in the spirit realm, it's, it's the opposite of the natural realm. When you eat, in the natural realm, when you don't eat, you get really hungry. But in the spiritual realm, when you eat, you get really hungry. The reason that some of you feel depleted and you feel like, where's God? Is because you're not eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood. And so what happens at that moment is you start going to everybody who is eating. And you're like, hey, can I get some of that? And sure, you give them some. But depending upon how busy that person is or life, right? Because another person ain't God. They're just representatives of God. So you don't have to be starving. If your marriage seems like it's depleting, it's because you're not feeding it. If your spiritual life is depleting, you're not feeding it. Come on, if your friendships, you're not, you should be building community. There's tons of people in this church that you could talk to. Tons. That love to hang out, that want to go do stuff. But you got to stick around a little longer after service and shake some hands and meet somebody. Come on, we're going to start all this hubs and hangouts. You got to join a hub. Then you got to be willing to hang out for a couple of weeks. We made it super simple this year. Three weeks and three weeks. Can you do that? Come on, we have a, they're, today they're graduating, the, the rap stars. And here's the kicker. Man, you know, this is what we do. You ready? Well, I didn't go to the, I didn't go to the first two, so I'm not going to go today. Why? Why put off tomorrow what you could do today? Why not just come back and sign up and then finish your two classes later? I mean, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? I'm saying your best thinking has gotten you where you are at. And I'm not trying to give you my opinion and my thinking. I'm trying to give you the Bible. Like when I, let's say, oh man, your leadership, da 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 No, because I'm sitting on the John Maxwell and he does great leadership and... And so, you know, I get to learn a lot of leadership things. 
I mean, it'd be foolish of me to try to go, well, no, that ain't right. He's got 70 books. Number one leadership guy in the world for the last eight years. I mean, but that's how we act with Jesus. We want to give him our opinion. He's like, I created everything. I made you. And I get it. Sometimes you have to re-preach the message and re-preach the message and re-preach the message until that light bulb goes off. And I get it. We get caught up in ministry. We get caught up in all kinds of things. Your job and all kinds of things. But the thing is, if you keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing will always be the main thing. <laughs> You're like, what did he just say? Keep the main thing, the main thing. Thank you again for watching this message. We want to make sure that we stay connected with you and you stay connected with us. So make sure you check us out on social media. Make sure you go to our website, www.getwrapped.tv. Don't forget to share this message. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.